Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to our after party on the high seas. It's campaign three. It's Vertistello. We're in the story, baby. Our avast. We. Is that piratey? Yes. <laughs> All pirates say we. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that one disease, and, and Julian Brandon, don't tell me, because let me finish the joke first before okay, I say okay, it. Okay. I was like, what is that disease that pirates get? Gonorrhea. And I literally thought gonorrhea, <laughs> and then I thought lupus, and I'm like, no, that's the one from House. Mm-hmm. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. Uh, like... But no, I have scurvy in honor of camping there. I know, Eric. I know your method, but that might be too far. <laughs> you took on a uh, you took on some seawater into the lungs, and uh, it's just it's stayed there. How else am I going to get an Emmy for this? I'm that's not true. really sure. That's true. Yeah. Is that what we would qualify for as a podcast? Yeah, Emmys. Yep. Well, uh, all the other awards are scams, so yes. I'm going for the Emmy instead. Well, in lieu of scams, we want new listeners to the podcast. We have a little couple uh, items of housekeeping here, people, before we get started. It's our, it's like our shift meeting, right? As pirates, you have shift meetings. Yar, swabbing the deck. <laughs> exactly. The First, poop deck. Oh, no. Uh, I hope there's no poop decks at PAX East, where we're going to be later this week uh, in Boston. All four of Hooray. us reunited for the first time uh, since those precious few moments before lockdown. Uh, I am excited to be in the same room with all of you. We were at your wedding. <laughs> you were at our wedding. That's right. I was. I <laughs> still the- don't believe Brandon's real, so I need double confirmation. It is the first not my wedding occasion that yeah. we all get together for since lockdown. Uh, wow, Julia, I completely deleted that memory from my brain. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Thank you. <laughs> Secondly. Uh, 6C Shanty Bro, we're going to get into it in just a moment, but we made, roommate, uh, and Eric helped design, and Brandon scored, and Julia sang, and we have these beautiful videos of the Sea Shanty theme song on all of our socials, Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, for you to send to a friend and be like, hey, nobody goes harder than this podcast, uh, listen to it, and listen to Campaign 3, okay? It is your sacred duty. If everybody listening texted one person, we will be able to solve world hunger, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Coney 2012. Brandon, I was about to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Far away. For just... Five cents a day and sharing your video. This Dungeons and Dragons podcast can grow. Do you know how many times I say my I spell my name to somebody on the phone and they say, "Oh, like Sarah McLaughlin," and I'm like, "Let's move on." Uh, a lot. So she owes me this. She does. She does. Yeah. You can find all the links in the episode description. Please share it with someone else. Please. I know that we. Hey, it's Eric Silver, and I say, "Turn my, <laughs> turn my chair around." Turns head uh, around, sits down backward on chair, looking at you, eye level, yeah, like a peer. Yeah. Hey, I know I play a popular podcaster on TV, but join the party, as you might know. Not a lot of people know about it outside of this uh, this wonderful community that we have. Out of us four, no one knows that. <laughs> outside, of, outside of outside of us four, and they should. And you, the person listening, that's five people. Yeah. So we'd love it if you'd share. And we definitely want the show to grow, especially as we're fucking excited about Campaign 3. Yeah. So post the video on your TikToks. Share it to a friend. Seriously, do it. And uh, if you you can take screenshots of you doing it and send it to us on your social media of choice. And I'll um, say something nice about you. Seriously, this is this is a great opportunity for you to grow uh, your favorite podcast that definitely needs a little bit more love. Don't you want to talk to your friends about your favorite podcast? Do it. Yeah. Exactly. Also, to this, put it on the internet. 
So do you want to talk to strangers about it and say that we're better than everyone else? Don't you want to make friends who listen to join the party and bond over that? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Your discords, your group chats. It's only once every couple years we start a new campaign and there is truly no better time to get new listeners into the show and no better person to get new listeners into the show than you, a person who knows people. Uh, I take recommendations <laughs> when uh, when Julia, Brandon, or Eric text me. Like when Brandon says, oh, Amanda, you should listen to this album or Eric puts a song on a playlist. Those are the only reasons I ever listen to new music because I just like don't really need it in my life. And that is your sacred duty to convince people that they need this specific podcast in their life. They do. You know they do. Amanda never change. That's me. Uh, for example, did you know T-Pain just released an album just of covers today? What? No. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, That's it's fun. fucking tight. I did know that Hozier released an EP on St. Patrick's Day, which feels too on brand even for Hozier. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's the only thing I knew about. I saw a post on Instagram today where it was like, yeah, I want to go see a band play at a bar. And then they brought Hozier up to just play acoustic. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Damn, dude. He's just around. But we also had a number of questions about this wonderful sea shanty theme song. Eric, Brandon, I wonder if you guys could like take a little over an hour to talk in depth, including screen shares of the actual like music file um, in, in Pro Tools to tell people kind of all about your inspirations and the process and who sang on it and like how that went. Just see if you could do it in your spare time. But Amanda, that's asking too much of these two. They have so much to do. Too that much. sounds good, but yeah, I don't really want to, so... Brandon, what if we talk about the blues and jazz while we do it? Ooh, okay. Let's do that. Let's talk about the Lomaxes instead. <laughs> yeah, we already did this on party planning. What? The party the party planning from last time. So the one that just came out was Julia and I doing another creation lab. But the one right before it was Brandon and I breaking down the theme song. Yeah, from March 3rd, 2023. And if you're a patron at any level, you can listen to it. Patrons at $10 and above can watch and see <gasps> the actual incredibly colorful session of many, 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 many tracks. And well categorized, I would like to say. <laughs> That's going to keep Brandon going for at least a month. Yeah. <laughs> my session organization is my only skill set. <laughs> Incredible. Well, here's a little preview. Uh, Raven Eyed wanted to know generally how did the amazing theme song come about and how long did it take to make to get the lyrics and the music figured out? Uh, it came about by we needed a theme song. That's true. <laughs> we did need one. And we were thinking of what the genre, like the the sort of hook would be. We were like, Shanty, definitely. That came pretty easy. And then at some point, during a fever dream, I turned to Eric digitally and said, Eric, lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> I like that you added digitally, like you didn't just turn over in bed and say to Eric, who was also in the same bed as you. Eric, Eric, baby, 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 lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby, lyrics. Baby, baby, lyrics. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. We've been thinking about this theme song since before campaign two ended. What we were thinking out what the campaign was going to be. The pirate stuff was always on the table. So, you know, those two genres kind of fit together. And then Brandon sent me a bunch of uh, videos about how shanties are supposed to work in October of 2022, which is wild. And uh, here we are. After you asked for them, I didn't just send them to you. (laughs) (laughs) He turned over in bed. He brought up a big iPad and showed it to me. (laughs) Nice. And Julia was like, oh, I already have this playlist of sea shanties for thoughts. Do you want these? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was great. I've had this playlist for eight years. Would you like this? Would this be good for you? Genuinely, it was like the most helpful thing. Oh, thank you. I should say it's not my playlist. It's one I found online, but I have it saved in my favorites for nigh on almost a decade. 
<laughs> Julia, you're going to steal the credit. It's fine. No, no one's, I no feel one's bad. checking. Someone worked hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we also had the task of like putting together, I say we like it was my job. Brandon had the task of uh, putting together Eric's excellent lyrics that are in real sea shanty form, which is not just like any spooky song about the sea, but like an actual musical form that like has, you know, lyrics that are supposed to go in a specified way. And combining that somehow with our existing theme song. And one of the lovely moments for me of watching people react to the theme song was identifying the Join the Party melody in the music. So Brandon, again, I know you go into this really in depth, um, but generally um, ASDGJ Katie wanted to know how was it, were you inspired by the original theme or was it totally new? And how did you kind of like, I'm putting my hands together, uh, like overlaying my fingies, like I'm making a a weave. How did you, how did you weave those two together? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry just, is that the, not good the, podcasting when i make a basket no, with my fingers no, that, that, that's, that's perfect i was just thinking in my brain the like the church steeple thing that you do in the playground yeah um so i always tried to put the jtp melody that do 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 in every theme song somehow i think up till now it's been very obvious sure but sea shanties and sort of like piratey vibed music has like a very specific tonality i guess you would call it it's like the mixolydian mode if anyone out there is a music person no but uh so that doesn't always like it didn't translate exactly because that's in a major key and the mixolydian mode is when it sounds like baby got back right yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so i had to sort of like find a place to get it so i saw an opportunity when Eric sent me. So Eric sent me a voice memo. Uh, he turned over to me in bed at 3 a.m. and said, "Here's so a voice sorry, memo I, I made." Joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then I gave him a little kiss, and then I went back to bed. Did it like Eric wasn't up late last night preparing for the episode we're recording today, and it had to be like a shh 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 shh. But he sent me this voice memo with like. The lyrics sort of um, sung out in a melody that was in his head. Right. Because to to that point, to make this easier, I think, like, we were balancing the sea shanty that was originally used for as work songs, you know, when you were pulling a rope or having to paddle. That's why you would sing the sea shanty. And then with, like, the TikTokification of the sea shanty, the sea shanty as performative. So it's like we're balancing this thing in between of... A theme song and a work song at the same time. Totally. So that's where the space, I think that's where the space came from for you to put in a chorus. Because you can hear in the beginning, it feels, what I what I kept describing was like, in the beginning, you're paddling a canoe, and the second half is a mountain goat song. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, there was a spot in the refrain when the like group of people responds. So it's a call and response, right? So like the first person sings, and then the group of people respond. And then the respond, Eric's voice memo was sort of just like a, basic um just like what you'd expect from response like sort of like a note or two just like basic like words and i was like oh that's interesting maybe i can make that the melody and so i tried it and it worked and i did it and then everyone who tried to sing it was like what the fuck is this interval (laughs) (laughs) speaking of which milky cross 95 wants to know who provided the voices for that killer song that was me julia amanda eric lauren shippen Rue Bedrosian and Tyler, uh, Eric's twin brother. Also silver. Also silver. Silver. Same yes. birthday. Yeah. Same, I, birthday. same guy. Same Whoa. guy. We're the same. 
Yeah, no, it was very fun. Uh, we talk about this more, but my twin brother, Tyler, who works in finance, but has a long history of being in acapella groups. He's nega Eric, opposite Eric in every way. <laughs> nega Scott. Um, yeah, he came. And it was funny just because, you know, he's a, he's a bass and also did like professional beatboxing too. So, but, you know, he's very different. So getting him to like perform in this way was kind of fun. Bringing him to the Multitude studio, which was great. I hope he enjoyed it. I think so. He, he said he enjoyed pizza. it. Yeah. He didn't post about it because he only posts about like the sushi restaurants he goes to on his Instagram. Yeah. But he has to keep his grade clean. Yeah, I think sushi. he I, oh, truly. Yeah. Yes. yes. The answer is yes. Uh, in order, though, it was me, then Lauren, then Julia, then Rue. Yes. Yep. Yeah. As our kind of featured players. And then you can hear me, Eric and Tyler, who were in the studio going. (laughs) That was the most fun part of the whole shanty for me. When Bran's like, hey, just for funsies, just like pretend you're like pulling a rope. (laughs) It was so great. It was so fun. And uh, finally here in uh, in Shanty Corner from uh, Skrokengen says, you guys keep killing it with a theme. I'm writing my master's thesis in musicology about adapting oh, cool. theme songs. And you will be my primary case with your permission, of Whoa. course. Oh, that's awesome. No, definitely. Please do. If you want to and can, when you finally finish your thesis or whatever the final thing is, I want to read it. Yes. I would yeah. love to. Yes. Brandon, I did offer that this person could reach out to the Join the Party email and ask you questions if you yeah, want. Yeah, I am absolutely done. I have a music uh, Okay, good, because I already promised that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Good, good, good. Uh, one Lauren Shippen also had a music degree in, um, oh, fuck. It wasn't theory, but like sort of adjacent like theory musicology thing on musicals. So Hell yeah. It's in the family, baby. Ooh. Yay. And finally here at our staff meeting, and then I promise we can all get out to the uh, sailing and pillaging and stealing and pirating that we've promised. And um, sharing the theme song and sharing the podcast with other people. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. That's that's the, it's like reverse pillaging, Eric. It's when you sneak into somebody's <laughs> um, text messages and you leave them a wonderful present of many, many days worth of lovely, inclusive content that welcomes you into a world that you will find really creative and great, but has historically excluded you because you might be slightly different from the uh, Christian uh, boomer men of kind of the Star Wars era in the past. Pirate so. Santa. Ow. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, reverse pillaging. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that is our staff meeting. Okay. As usual, we're going to put our hands in. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Come on. Put your hands in. Okay. All right. And we're going to say uh, on three, we're going to say go Herald. Ready? All right. One, two, three. Go, go Herald. Amazing. So just in case anybody has forgotten, let's do a quick summary of the first legend here in Campaign 3, the legends of Eska Island. Ooh. Ooh. I was there. That was fun. What do you think Eska means? We shouldn't look it up. No, we, we definitely shouldn't <laughs> oh my any God. words in the future. Yeah. Let's, let's start here. Um, Eska's the name of the thing that dangles from an anglerfish. Eric, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That, fair. Good How point. Did we not look this up? It was really, really <laughs> silly of us, honestly. Sorry, I gotta put my my oh, heel yep, best GM in podcasting glove on. It's on. <laughs> there it is. Once you take that on, it can't come off, yeah. Eric. That's the thing. Yeah, Brandon, I know. We all know the monkey's paw. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eric's the mask. Uh, I know he hasn't said it, um, but it it's true. Hey, can somebody stop me, please? No, no. no. <laughs> so before we realize that the treasure we're chasing is, in fact, the Eska of an anglerfish, we opened episode one at the sitting spot uh, where we played Drink the Drink, where we met some of the townspeople of Eska Island, including Sweet Hondo the Stickbug, with incredible fan art, by the way. That tweet was 
off the chain. Did you just call him sweet? Yeah, not sweet. <laughs> he was not sweet. That's true. That's true. I fucked up. <laughs> they, we, that's why you're susceptible to tricks. We all fucked yeah. up until episode three. So like, it's all yeah, good, Amanda. True. Not you just know, you. I think if you asked Troy about that guy Han, I'd be like, "Oh, my man." And then you're like, "Troy, no." <laughs> he was distinctly not our man. The guy who let us sleep at his let house. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, what a bruv. Yeah. In episode two, we began the Sea Devils trials, where I mean, it seems clear, Eric. You knew they were going to turn on us the whole time, right? The whole town. Oh, yeah, yeah, Since yeah, for sure. Minute one. <laughs> Brutal. Did you know, like, literally from episode one, or was that an episode two thing? I did. Yes, I did. I would love to tell you all this. What I want to say, first of all, is the whole point is you three get tricked, right? Yeah. Like, this, it's nothing wrong with the fact that I oh, yeah. layered all these things in. Well, I'm, I'm saying to the audience, to my players for in, indulging me as I tell this story and everyone listening, like, the point is they get tricked. And this only looks interesting in retrospect. But I would like to point out some of the stuff that I did in episode one and two to, to lay this out. Show us your seeds. Yeah, show us your foreshadowing, baby. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing was, I don't know if you remember, but... Everyone was super keyed up when you were playing Drink the Drink. I think I actually said that explicitly. That, like, the audience was very fucking hype that Drink the Drink was on. That's not because Troy Riptide was visiting, no? No. Well, <laughs> I would like to say something about, Amanda, tell me about this game that Troy knows how to play. One Card Manny. One that Card the- Manny. <laughs> yeah. Amanda? That was the funniest thing I've heard in a decade. <laughs> well, Brandon, when I said it, all of you, I think, were just dumbfounded. And so I was just like, oh, maybe that didn't go over well. But, like, one of my f- traits as a, a mariner, which is my my background, is that you know a card game. And listen, I mean, cards aren't easy to come by and also wet in the crags. And so we have one card, Manny. Listen, came to me in the moment. First thought, best thought. <laughs> and what can I say? One card, Manny. It's because it's because you said it with such confidence that I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, did I miss something? Is this a reference <laughs> to something that I?" <laughs> Should we know one card, Manny? No. no. I thought isn't one of the things about the crags is that you know one game really well too. So yes. that's what I was trying not to negate. Yes. So that's why I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, no one knows this game outside of like your friends in who grew up in the crags. No, you're right. I was mistaken. It is it is my crags. Uh, it is my crags like feature. Yes. So like you said it, I'm like. Oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and in my head, Hondo was like, I'm so flummoxed by this person who's going to be Bates coming up to me and suggesting a different game. I'm just going to say, no, we're playing my game. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, one, we're not doing that. One, um, one card also, says Manny. One card says not nothing. I don't know what do you want to be What's so confusing Man. about the game? <laughs> What's so confusing? It's <laughs> <laughs> still funny. So funny. Um, from there, Hondo was going to let you win uh, the whole oh. time. The uh, I don't know if you remember Brandon specifically, but uh, Umbi realized that the uh, poison had a very, very distinctive acrid smell. Yeah. So it was really easy for you to decide what the drink was. It was ri- it was rigged in so much like, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe Hondo would have stopped you if you got it wrong or something. But that's the way that that's the way that it shook out. Also necessarily you didn't it, it wouldn't have shook out this way. There were like other NPCs you could have interacted with other than Hondo, but it kind of just went from like Jammy to Hondo was kind of the most straightforward path that you ended mm-hmm. up following. Who do we miss out on, Eric? Give us a name. Oh god, I don't have their name. I don't know if I had their name written down. I might have used like 
Oh, there was like a moth guy that was going to be around cool. who would have been like, hey, Hondo, take it easy. Watch these new people <laughs> who just come into our town. Cute. Guys, during the mid-roll, I want to tell you something I learned about the class of insects that are moths and butterflies where they do metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you okay. something interesting I learned about that. I'm very excited. Oh, now. sure. Okay. Is it a secret? Is it during the mid-roll that no one else will know? So, like, it, the audience is not going to know? Okay. Oh, damn. Okay. And then, of course, there was the whole thing about the sun goals, of course. Yeah. Fucking sun goals. Very fun. Sorry, <laughs> Cammy. Very fun. Troy has no problem sleeping. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was so funny. I can't believe that just the dice rolls led us there. And, of course, the three of you in, like, a three-person bunk bed. Uh, yeah. bunk bed. It, was it was absolutely ridiculous. You said there's bunk beds and then also separate beds. And we're like, obviously, we have the bunk beds. What else would we do? Why would we take any other option? There, I didn't even think about it. Their option. There's no other option. You said three. You said triple decker buck bed, and we jumped. <laughs> yeah. But Eric, what I want to know is, like, depending on the impression we made, are there any variables that would have changed? Like, did they assess us in any way? Did they tailor the challenge to us in any way? Would it have made a difference if we slept on the ship as opposed to at Hondo's? Yeah, I think that Hondo kept an eye on you, for sure. That's why he wanted you to sleep at his house. Mm. So the thing about, like, Troy shooting a sun goal out of the air freaked him out. And also the whole thing about Cammy's magic freaked him out. That was the big thing. And I think that, like, when Julia was like, oh, can I just erase my... Uh, my disadvantage yeah. my exhaustion with this my disadvantage with this i'm like yeah sure because you're gonna have to do something really weird in front of hondo yeah listening back to the transcript while i was doing that i was like eric is really quite i was like obviously i'm gonna do magic why would it be weird if i did magic i'm a magic class and you're like okay like if you want to yeah. okay you're gonna have to do it in front of hondo i'm like okay fine <laughs> <laughs> i just didn't know if you were keeping close to your chest and you said the answer is no yeah. for sure but here's the thing then you all beefed it so hard during the trial yeah. that hondo was like nah these guys can get thrown to the mo- to the sea devil it's fine we did beef it pretty hard on that climb it was pretty bad yeah, i don't know what you're talking about I didn't throw a bomb up and then hit me in the face. <laughs> you mean several <laughs> times? Several times. Well, uh, Brandon, you may have to see a specialist for this because the question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, oh. um, does suggest, do you think we could have Brandon roll two D10s instead of a D20 so he can <laughs> sneak up on the big numbies? That's a good idea. What do you think, Eric? That just means that Brandon can never roll an at one, though. What, do you, what, Eric, what do you think when I get a 99? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say percentile yeah. dice. We said two d tens. Yeah, do two. Yeah, Brandon can, because Brandon's rolls are so bad. He rolls from one to a hundred just to make it even for him. Uh, no, we're not doing that. But Jesus Christ, I think you need to like sage your your dice or something, Brandon. It's not just me. Everyone rolled poorly. Everyone rolled hot and cold. I should say mm. on this episode. Mm. That's true. That's a very good point. I just yeah. it was the two nat ones in a row or like a two and a one. That shit was crazy. I think the first roll. I think the first roll was an Amanda's nat one. Yeah. Yeah. I've so. been rolling like absolute crap. Yeah, you, it, it, we just don't remember it because Troy has the ability to bounce arrows off of things, so so it always makes up for it. Eric, it's almost like I strategically chose a subclass that gives me some buffs when I miss. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> well, Umby has the ability to bounce uh, bo- inert bombs off his head. Is that a thing? Uh, he just does that as a party trick. This is for fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's no actual benefit to That's it. That's like when he's when he's dropping smaller tinctures into larger tinctures. He like heads it <laughs> to other people. That's true. 
But this was such a fun challenge. Eric, how did you go about designing this? Oh, it's a good question. You know, I think challenges are always just more fun. I realized like all action is kind of like has to be structured in, in Dungeons and Dragons. But then in response, I feel like the structure should reflect the thing, which is why like climbing up an aggro crag felt really fun for me. It's like, okay, you guys need to, the climbing is the main thing, but then you need to deal with the stuff happening and you need to make sure that your successes in the climbs let you move up there. And of course, like, you know, having a teleportation bomb is exactly the thing you should do. It's just um, it didn't work. Yeah. And or you're destroying the the glue sap that was going down on you is like, well, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. And then, of course, throwing the zombies in there as well yeah. just made it all more complicated. And Hondo truly had no idea what was going on, which was wild. <laughs> yeah, it should have uh, sort of triggered more alarm bells that Hondo was very surprised by the presence of the zombies. And I love that as a little layer of like, oh, something else is going on, but I'm too, you know, wrapped up in the challenge that I'm trying to get through alive right now to sort of clock that. But I mean, narratively, great, great stuff. I just, yeah, I just didn't know whether or not like, you know, for some reason this island had a wild zombie horde, you know? Oh, Mm -hmm. I put two and two together right away. Really, Julia? (laughs) Is that because Audrey the Rotten Queen was involved? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I knew exactly. TM Julia Shafini TM. Yeah. And of course, that segues us into episode three, where, hey, I mean, what a cinematic end to episode two with the anglerfish waking up, the Eska. Yes, we should have seen it. Yes, probably I would not have walked right up to it had I known what that word means. But here we are. We all didn't know, Amanda. It's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, it's fine. I'm just, I'm glad that Umby had enough just empty jars like Amanda in her kitchen um, to, <laughs> so <laughs> to funny. be able to fill it. I feel like I returned to a few like real classic. Dungeons and Dragons tropes in this one. I'm like, so you walk up to the treasure chest, huh? Uh-huh. So you do that, and we're just like, you don't yeah. want to roll anything, <laughs> right? Not a mimic. Sounds good. It was. Listen, I am not mean enough to make it a mimic. I, it is definitely. It is part of a big anglerfish, though. Instead, <laughs> there was just so something so funny about imagining like a treasure chest on the end of an anglerfish's little dangle. It's so good. It's perfect. It's very smart. Yeah, and of course I got to throw my Moby Dick, the Moby Dick shit in there. I was like, no, it's Ambergris. That's what it is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We should say no whales were harmed in the making of JTP. Yes. No, right. no, it's not Ambergris. It's Ambergris, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's what it is. It's different. If you check it's the different. transcripts, we're spelling it the same though, so don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> but I loved the fact that we have Doctor Radish Radish's guide to uh, protecting yourself. Uh, as our sort of, out- I asked someone to give me the name. I haven't been able to do the transcript yet for that one. It'll I'll have it this weekend. Okay, okay, because I I I wrote down the beginning. I wrote down Doctor Radish Radish, and then I forgot to write down the full name. So like, <laughs> I need the full made it name. Up off the top of your head, Eric. <laughs> No, I know, but like then I told myself I need to write down the full name of what the thing is because I like it. Yeah, I wasn't writing fast enough to capture it. But point being, I thought that was such an inventive and interesting way to kind of get out of that encounter. What were the other options for us, Eric? Is like I didn't ex- I didn't think you expected us to like stab the anglerfish, but I mean, what what was in your brain? I mean, I had a bunch of ideas. He he was basically just like, "Good luck, motherfuckers." No. In the past, you've told us that you like don't write stuff down. Yeah, yeah you told us you don't make any <laughs> notes. I don't. Yeah, I don't write notes. No, I definitely wrote notes for this one because if the idea actually that wasn't no, what I was I gonna de- say. <laughs> I never, I never write notes. Uh, or I do write notes all the time. Whatever, whatever makes me look better. Whatever makes me look better. I was gonna say you. In the past, you said you don't like write solutions for puzzles. Yes. For us, is that still the the case? 
Oh, 100%. I feel like that's such a waste of your time as a GM for any game. But, like, I would say the least so of Dungeons & Dragons. You can really... A lot of people really push people towards, like, fighting or certain mechanics in Dungeons & DMing, which I don't think you should do. You you shouldn't write down a solution. So I had a few ideas. I wrote down uh, stat blocks for everyone in case a fight broke out. I wrote, so for, like, the zombies, I had a stat block, and for all the cultists, I had a stat block, which, but I, did, I got to reveal it in a different way because Julia rolled so well that I brought up the pamphlet instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like I kind of did it in reverse. Like, I always knew that they had the ability to do shape water, but you wouldn't have figured that out unless you had seen the pamphlet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hell like, yeah. you would have seen all the cultists. Here's the thing. I'll reveal this. A thing that would have happened, the anglerfish had bar- barnacles all over it, remember? Mm-hmm, right. A thing that would have happened is that uh, is that all of the cultists would have moved the anglerfish, and if you got hit by the anglerfish, it would have been slashing damage. Yeah. It wouldn't have just been, like, being hit by a giant monster. You would have been, like, cut up by that thing. And probably, like, a nasty infection, because, like, those things never bathe. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to start a rumor, but they just, <laughs> an anglerfish has never taken a shower. <laughs> That's true. That has Damn. Damn. Can I say my favorite part about the introduction of Dr. Radish Radish and his cool pamphlet? Sure. Uh, it is the journey that Umbi is going to go on to discover whether or not he is, in fact, Dr. Radish Radish. <laughs> I wrote that part down. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, please, I, I don't want to make character choices for you, but, <laughs> but. I, need to, I need Umbi to discover definitively if he is Dr. Radish Radish. Yes. I just love that ultimately it shook out. We still don't know if Umbi we'll was Dr. Radish Radish. We don't know. I think that'll be the end of campaign reveal, whether or not Umbi's Dr. Radish Radish. <laughs> and as we close the book, we zoom in on the author photo of Dr. Radish Radish. <laughs> A pawpaw? Not bruised? <laughs> but no, it was just, it was funny. So yeah, no, I just had a lot of stats. I didn't know what you were going to do. The thing that I was not necessarily prepared was you all having a good enough idea. It was a very sticky situation that you were all in and you all got out of it very quickly. So I wasn't necessarily prepared for that, but then it kind of played out played out in, the, in a different way, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and we got an even stickier situation later on in the episode where exactly. we were all covered in sap. So, oh my God, so funny. Can I tell you, I was not prepared for this, but it was so funny. I was going to say, we got out of the conflict uh, pretty quickly, but not the island, because we we're like, you know what's a great idea? Checks watch. Let's uh, extensively loot uh, the sit and spot. Let's steal some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, to my mind, of course we would. Like, that's what we're here for. We're pirates. Like, we got to. I, I want to give my flowers quickly to Brandon, who's like, I'm going to use a bomb to open up this thing, and me just dying in the background, being like, you're just going to, it's going to make a mess. No, but <laughs> it's, it's not a, a delicate bomb. Julie, you still don't <laughs> understand. It's a very precise bomb. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Brandon and I have already talked about this extensively about, like, because of the Mad Bomber subclass, all bombs that Umbi has does double damage to structures. So Mm -hmm. we've already talked about, like, Umbi throwing this on a ship. A ship is a structure. I checked with Mage Hand Mike of Mage Hand of Valdas, and he said that that's the case. Uh, And also everyone should pick up Valdas. This is the Valdas plug that we're doing in the episode. Everyone go pick up Valdas. Great shit. Um, So, like, I know. We've our I have, and we are going by the letter of the law as written in Mage Hand here because, like, we're doing something different. I'm going by rules as written here. The smallest explosion a bomb can make is five by five. <laughs> so it's not that you can't do it. It's just so funny. Would you rather me waste time trying to pick a lock, Julia? 
Brandon, I would never tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it, it was great. I love I loved it. I loved it deeply. Finn um, in Discord pointed out something that I also share, which is uh, not really a question, but God, the lack of pursuers during the bar smash and grab was so creepy. So no stressed. one coming. Julia rolling good perception checks. Eric saying, nah, you're good, bro. It created, uh, Finn says, an amazing precedent slash reputation for Audrey the Rotten Queen, who I'm sure we'll meet again in the future. My best friend. My new best friend. Did we... <laughs> Did we officially solve why they weren't pursuing us? I don't think we no, did. No, we just saw Audrey in the distance as we were leaving on the ship. Yeah. yeah so we uh, we still don't know exactly why they weren't pursuing us. And Magdalena, also Amanda, would like to know, what happened to the townspeople, Eric? Why were you rolling those dice? Eric's giving us a cheeky face Eric's giving us a coy face. I'll never tell. I knew he would say that. Ugh. You know what the problem is going to be? Uh, Eric, take your, take your headphones take off. Okay, I'll take my headphones okay. off. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. You know what the problem is going to be? Yes. Audrey the Rotten Queen, full of zombies. Yeah. And now what's going to happen is there's going to be a sea devil zombie next time yes. you run into Audrey the Rotten Queen. You're yeah. absolutely Now, I don't right. want to give Eric that idea in case it hasn't yeah. struck him yet, but that is going to be a problem. I mean, she she almost certainly like just converted all those towns cultists oh, to yeah. her yeah. ship, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. But I'm worried 100%. about the sea devil in particular. Anyway, Eric can put his headphones back right, on now, Amanda. And then I said, Eric, how... Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, we're talking about how Brandon smells? I'm glad we're yeah, fine. No. <laughs> Brandon, much like the sea devil, has never shouted. And then Eric turned over to me in bed and said... Babe, baby, 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 you stack. <laughs> well, that was the shape of our first three episodes, our first arc here. And I, for one, think it's really exciting that we're going to Legends of the Hidden Temple our way through these adventures on the high seas. Woo! How do how do the three of you feel about where this kind of kicked off? I've been thinking a lot about like starting all of our episodes off with a bang. Also because like I feel like campaign one starts off super slow, which I did almost intentionally in the in the way that I wanted to like you know it in a video game you start with a tutorial level and then it opens up and campaign two started individually and then the campaign started with the Steven reveal at the end of the first episode. Like, how do we feel about the the kickoff of of uh, getting going. I love it. I loved that we started in media res and we were able to find our dynamic really quickly. And I think that kind of throwing us into pirate shenanigans right off the bat allowed us to be like, this is what our life is like. And that was really, really nice. Yeah, I agree. I always feel like I get more character out of like uh, watching a TV show or whatever, a movie, whatever it is, I get more character I get more personality from a character when they're in media res as opposed to like being spoon fed like, oh, here's their how they were born and all their traumas. And that's how you should inform your character. Like, it's much better to just like see it develop in action, I think. Hell yeah. I'm glad we cut all the exposition of uh, everyone sitting around a fire sharing their trauma (laughs) (laughs) from the first episode. Yeah, and Crow in a Human Suit, great username, also said that they liked this and asked, did you talk about the interpersonal dynamics between the PCs before recording, such as Cammy taking Umby to the side and being like, they're their grandpa and smoothly stepping in, or are you making them up as you go? That was just Julia doing that to Brandon. So. <laughs> That's just Julia's good role playing. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't really discuss what our dynamic was going to be at all. And I think we discovered it through play, which is beautiful and organic in my opinion at least yeah yeah 
I think because we've been playing together for so long now, like it doesn't take us as long to get that. So I think we sort of just have the trust that we'll find it and we're all actively trying to find it through play. So I think it's, you know, it's a byproduct of us working together for so long and, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, what two of us are married and two of us have known each other since uh Fifth grade, second grade, first grade. Since Pre-school? we guess Five. who's who. <laughs> well, Brandon and I share a bed, so we're married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Brandon's secrets. I'm dying to know about these moths. So why don't we take a break? I'm going to run to the kitchen, refill our chip and dips, and uh, then we'll come back for some more questions. Woo! Chip and dips. Let's do it. Hey, it's Amanda. Something happens right at the kind of middle stage of March that we're in now here in New York City, where it still feels like winter most days. But the difference is that I look down into the soil around trees, uh, like that little, you know, square of sidewalk that's been carved out for the tree, and I see little buds poking up. And I know that pretty soon that's going to be a tulip or a daffodil or a little like lilac bloom. And it makes me so excited for spring. So, Hey, welcome to the mid-roll. I got you this bunch of flowers. Thank you so much to our newest patrons, Helen, Mia, and A. You have made the very smart decision to join our Motley crew. You can enjoy party planning, including that one we were talking about from March 3rd, all about the sea shanty, and so much more. Best of all, in my mind, is that you know you're helping make this podcast a reality. We could not do this without you. There would be no join the party without your support on Patreon. And if you, too, want to have us read your name and thank you and tell you how important you are, you should join us. You get bloopers for every single episode of the show we've ever made. Yes, all three campaigns worth, approaching 200 episodes, actually. It's nuts. As well as ad-free episodes if you don't want to spend this extra time with me in the mid-roll, which, you know, I get it. I'll take it in exchange for your $8 a month and full length Patreon only bonus episodes. Eric played a whole campaign with Misha and friends of the show, Marquez and Josh, all in the Clear Eyes Full Hearts uh, game that he made. It was so much fun, had so many feelings. And if you want to listen to the winner of the One Shot Derby, the Battle of the Brontes, which we will be playing very soon, you gotta join the Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash join the party pod. If Join the Party Tuesdays are, you know, a special part of your week, but by the time Friday comes around, you're like, oh, I listened to all my podcasts. Like, what am I going to do? Got, you know, still commute on the Friday or like do my chores on a Saturday and I want something to accompany me. You got to listen to games and feelings, dude. This is an advice podcast all about games where Game Master Eric becomes Question Keeper Eric, where he has a revolving cast of guests along with permanent guest Jasper Cartwright, the actor D&D player and host of Three Black Halflings. The show is absolutely delightful, and their most recent episode on this past Friday, March 17th, was all about how reality TV is also a game and getting into the like politics and money and structure of how reality TV shows and competition shows make us, you know, up such a huge part of TV culture, both in the UK and the US. It's really, really fascinating. And not just because Eric touches on the things I have yelled at him about uh, when it comes to Canadian Big Brother, which is, you know, if you know, you know, it's it's a 
Oh boy, it's a whole thing right now. Uh, so listen, you gotta listen to Games and Feelings. It is a weekly podcast, including not just advice about games and the feelings that those games give us, but things like Eric's 2020 hit show, What's Your Favorite Pokemon? And Then I Say Something Nice About You, or Woof of Potassinae for short, where Eric interviews people about their favorite Pokemon and then says something nice about them. And me and him answering advice questions from old columns, advice questions of yore, and giving them better answers than like Dear Abby could in the 70s. So if you like all of this stuff, look up games and feelings in your podcast app and subscribe for new episodes every Friday. As promised, we are sponsored this week by D&T, where code join the party will get you 10% off free shipping and an exclusive cami sticker. You cannot get this cami sticker anywhere else. If that's not enough for you, D&T is a values-driven company focused on selling the highest quality tea with exceptional customer service to the most awesome nerds in the world. They were created in 2019 and have gone from scooping tea and putting them into paper bags at conventions to now having like a full business infrastructure of tumblers. They sell like a beautiful like tea tumbler, a wonderful metal strainer with a d20 on it barcodes like real branding and packaging it's amazing and their tea is so delicious so seriously you're gonna want to get one of their tea blends they have a decaf they have caffeinated they have herbal they have black all kinds of incredible teas and such pretty accessories plus you know the cami sticker come on people go to d and t t e a dot com and use code join the party for 10% off free shipping and a cami sticker. We are so excited to be able to partner with fellow small businesses like D and T. So show them your support, show them with your dollars that you think this is cool also and go to D and T T E A dot com. We are also sponsored by 20 Sided Store, one of the small businesses that we admire, and it's our friendly local game store. They can also be your friendly local game store, by the way, through the power of shipping. And I went to their website um, earlier today as I was preparing these notes for this mid-roll to, you know, refresh the copy, make sure I'm telling you something interesting, keeping it cool as you listen to this ad, which I greatly appreciate. And I noticed that they have a top 20 list of their best-selling board games on their website. So I want to make this uh, interactive, gamify it a little bit, if you will, and ask you to guess two of the games, the board games, on their top 20 best-selling list. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a second. You're going to think about board games. You're going to think about what you think the best-selling board games of this Williamsburg, Brooklyn uh, game store might be. But hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you what they are because you have to go to 20sidedstore.com and click top 20 to see if you're right. And oops, while you're there, you might as well use code pirate for 20% off your order online. Or of course, if you visit them in store, just mention join the party to get that 20% discount. All of that and more and uh, finding out if you were right and you could guess those games at 20sidedstore, spell out all those words, dot com. The show is finally sponsored by BetterHelp. And you don't have to take to the open seas to know that there is a lot more of the world out there to discover and a lot more in the and stay with me in this metaphor the the great uncharted open waters of like your mind, you know, to find out. I sometimes feel like my brain is a pirate map where, uh, you know, Here Be Dragons is like scrawled 
over most of the surface, and then a small part of it is plants, and a small part of it is sleeping. Um, and the rest of it, uh, good luck to me and the rest of us as we try to figure out how to navigate ourselves as we grow and change over time. And therapy is the main way that I navigate through the uncharted waters of living in my particular brain. And I know that when I was looking for a therapist and I couldn't find anybody who was near me, who was taking new patients, who was remotely affordable, BetterHelp was a crucial tool that let me keep accessing therapy, even though I couldn't find someone perfect near me. So all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And crucially, like I did several times, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now back to the after party. Well, Brandon, I'm never staying in a room alone with a monarch butterfly ever again. No, after that fact you told me. Scandal. Oh, what, what did I miss when I was in the kitchen? Oh, Brandon told me a fact about butterflies, and oh. I don't want to be around them anymore. They're perverts. Oh. <laughs> butterflies are pervs. Brandon, this feels more suitable to our business meetings that we have than uh, <laughs> on mic, but okay. <laughs> 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 that really got it. Oh, jeez. No, no. A A BAP. All oh, butterflies no. are oh, perverse. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's, That's just true. That's just true. Oh, no. Guys. They have a proboscis. What are they doing with that thing? Oh, oh, what are they doing with it? What are oh, they doing A BAP. Is, uh, is this a good time to get into really thoughtful world-building yes. questions? Yeah. 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 Get us away from this, please. <laughs> good. Uh, well, okay. Here's a question from Matt Lena, which is very suitable. Uh, they say, why so chaotic? I mean, I love it, but I wonder where it stems from this time. I guess regarding our behavior in episodes one to three. What do you yeah. need? We're pirates. I included this one specifically. I just thought this would be an interesting time to reflect on our plan, how just like everyone's play from campaign three to previous things. Like, I also don't know necessarily specifically what chaotic means because it means so many different things when people say it on the internet. It can just mean good. It can mean... Uh, I enjoy it can yeah. be an eventful it can mean I enjoyed it uh so I'm not I'm not exactly sure but like do you think that I definitely think that we're more free but I think it's the thing that Brandon said that like we're more experienced I feel like I've set us up to hit the ground running the most that we have in any beginning of campaigns yeah I agree and we're also like this is a you know a world totally unlike our own and particularly compared to campaign two where you know it's a it's a near future it's a near you know reality all of our characters had every everything to lose and you know we're just getting to know each other you know their powers uh protecting their identities all of that means that i think we were a little more reserved and really felt the weight of consequences at least speaking for me as a player a lot more and in this one like we are doing this kind of stuff regularly and that was not true in campaign two whatsoever we were regular people thrust into an unusual situation and here this is our bread and butter and so i think the you know the pacing the characters the freeness with which we you know are ready to like jump in and play all of that leads to what i think might come off as eventful which is what i'm guessing they mean here by chaotic amanda i think you hit the nail on the head because i absolutely agree in terms of campaign two. And I think with the campaign, we were also slightly more reserved because we were playing Monster of the Week, which is a much more 
deadly game, I guess, in terms of the the life or death consequences of what can happen to us in the sort of setting that we were in. So I think... And the children in our care, yeah, that as well. Yeah, I think part of it too was like, oh, we have to take care of the children. But I think because we're pirates, because that is the genre, and also we're in a kind of magical, mystical world for the first time in a couple of campaigns, that we can take bigger swings and bigger risks because they are on brand for who our characters are already are totally i i agree with all that i think that we've just um we we developed a shorthand in our play and in our work and in our friendships that like we know where the sandbox lines are and we know we we just understand each other like without having to like figure it out at this point so i think that's just what you're sort of seeing which sees feels like there's no rails but like there certainly are rails that we've worked out in the past you know We did a lot of designing the kind of campaign and the vibe and the feel and how we were going to structure things to make it feel really effortless on Mike. And I I hope it does come off that way. I've been thinking about like different types of games. I always do this during uh, after parties, but like the different types of games that I'm inspired by that can be applied to role playing games. And I feel like the one that I've been thinking about more so is like point and click adventure games. Mm Like the ones where it's like you combine items together and then you put them somewhere and then you see if they work or <laughs> yeah. not. And like the, mm-hmm. then like Indiana Jones or Sam the dog who looks like a detective will say, that doesn't work there. <laughs> um, it's like tabletop role playing games are like you, an infinite number of items can be combined with an infinite number of items mm-hmm. and then you can put them and try to apply them wherever. And the, it is the job of the GM to say, that doesn't work there or it does, but here's what happens next. And I think that like knowing that this doesn't work because it's not going to create a good story or it's like not narratively satisfying, I think is worthwhile to say. And that's the stuff like all the machinery behind your favorite, your favorite amusement park ride. Yeah. I was actually thinking about amusement park rides when Brandon says it seems like it doesn't have rails, but it does. Like when you're on a a water (laughs) park ride or if you're on the new trackless rides that Disney has, that sort of thing. Hell yeah. Which I was on recently. They're so weird and cool. They are. They're weird and cool. Brandon, did you you have the new Dole Whip trio combos? Trio combos? There's like two other flavors now. I don't think you can get all three of them at once, though, can you? They have a flight that they do at Disney Springs. I can't remember which restaurant it is, but there's a, like, Dole Whip flight that you can get. I did not oh, get that. I did get the, um, I mean, we always get Dole Whips. And I've, I've had a lot of them. I got, like, the lemon one. And the, they had, last, a couple years ago, they had, like, a Dole Whip festival, and they got a bunch nice. of them. But this time, I did get, at Magic Kingdom, at the Dole Whip stand, I got, uh, they had coconut soft serve mm. with pineapple Dole Whip. They do it together in a swirl. And it is, yeah. like, not just good for Disney World. It is incredible. In general, <laughs> very good. That is tight. Listen, you two know more. I just saw one post on Instagram, and I said, oh, this is cool. <laughs> and then from there, it, like, came out, like, on a little, like, painter's palette. Yeah. It was, and they oh, had, like, cool. three little thing- doings, and they were all different colors, which is why I knew they were different flavies. Hell yeah. Yeah. We still have a lot of really good questions to go, guys. So let's uh, no, let's talk about Dole Whip instead. Dole right. Whip. Let's try to get to it. So Sepalicious had a great detailed question about the dried carvings. They said, "Is the full text carved into each of the thirteen carvings? Like I'm picturing stones in my head, and mentioned that Eric said that they're like hunger stones, or is the text separated into thirteen pieces spread over thirteen carvings? If so, did people have to gather all the pieces together? And then Marina chimed in to say that they imagined it like a Ten Commandments type deal, where the 
contents are generally known and the real carvings might not be that relevant to the conversation, like stored somewhere important, but everyone kind of knows the gist and knows the deal. Interesting. So Eric, what were you picturing? Ooh, that's cool. I think it's the most straightforward of them is that there's 13 different ones. I think there's an idea that like the hunger stones were carved into like the riverbed by proto civilizations that like, hey, people in the future, if the water goes below this line, we're all Problem. dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, we, we've experienced this and we don't want you to go through it again or we want you to prepare once this happens. And I think that that's what I'm trying to, they're kind of getting at is like once the water line of the Cascade Basin when below a certain level. It's like, oh, this is bad. Uh, who made it and how they got them there is up for debate. Uh, definitely something to be explored. But um, I definitely wanted like someone, they were all the same and they were arranged kind of like 13 spokes on a wheel gotcha. um, nice. in the water, in the water basin. Speaking of a wheel, Anne Mata Goldfish asks a geography question. They say, is Vertistello the cut surface of a bagel? Or is it a donut? If not a donut, is there an upside down? Is it Discworld? Also for the waterfall, is it a single sheet along the border of the hole or like a solid column of water? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we, ta- I think we talked about this in the world building building stuff. I think, tell me if I'm wrong, Eric, but I believe we decided on Bialy with a column of water in yes. the middle. That's right. We decided on Bialy because yes. there is not a hole. We thought it was a donut, but it is a Bialy in that there is no hole. We just thought it was a hole. Yes, um, yes it is a single sheet of water, which it's not a column because or it doesn't fill it all the way through because that's where the the Great Salt Sea is. But it's a it's a it's a hollow column, right? Like it's a circle, not a flat plane. It's a hollow column. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. I had to explain this to Moya. I went on to Exolore to explore, explain Vertistello. And truly, I had to explain this to her for 10 minutes <laughs> because she was so hung up on the cascade and being like, how does it work? Where does it come from? I'm like, we don't know. It's just there. And then inside <laughs> it's pirates. That's where it is. It's pirates in there. You should listen to the episode. It was really, really Hell good. Yeah. yeah. Which, and uh, I also have the, uh, I made like a rudimentary map at some point which is like on our socials and I think it's in the Vertistello page which you can click on it's in the link in every single episode you can see that there as well nice hell yeah TJ rolls not 20 for hugs would like to know do different species in Vertistello have symbiotic relationships like in our world for example do bees help pollinate flowers and what are the social ramifications Ooh, that's an interesting <laughs> question that I think I might spoiler corner address in a future episode. Ooh, we'll leave it then. I love that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I definitely think it's a little more complex. They are not straight up plants and ver- green folk don't do this. Yes. I would say because like they're not plants and bugs. Right. They're not right? animals, right? They're not like they don't serve that function directly. The bee like green folk, though, do have a very cool dance to tell each other where good shit yeah. is, though. Yeah. Mm, Famous dancers, the bee folk. It's the hamster dance. Yeah. So they're they. The answer is no, because we have those. The because we have animals and plants in uh, Vertistellos, but the relationship between those two are they're certainly complicated. Yeah, I think in general nature has symbiotic relationships, whether it's Vertistello or it's the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Damn, 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 dude. Too true. Damn. damn. John also asks. Are there grape guys that are bunches as well as singular grape people? The answer to me was obvious, but I want to know what everyone thinks. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. I think yes, too. But Eric, you you tell us. Yeah, nothing's funnier than having (laughs) having both singular and group things. It's very funny. I really like the idea of like some people are 
the actual fruit itself and then some people are like the bush on which the fruit grows yeah Mm -hmm. for sure yep i thought baby single grape (laughs) adult (laughs) that's just me Papa, papa, my other grapes coming in. Oh my god! Imagine like it's like a bunch of grapes that are born, and then as they get older, they all split off, and now you have Jesus twelve Christ. children oh, instead cute. of one. That's I mean I handy that. for wrangling infants. Mm. I gotta say, I don't love young people saying my grapes came in. No, <laughs> no, that's true. Bray wants to know what the green folk call their birthdays. And I see we have some suggestions gathered here from chat. Eric, would you take us through? Yes. Um, I said grow days, and then other people said sprout days. I wrote hat days. I don't remember why. Hat day. <laughs> I think, I, I think that was a miscopy. It's illegal to wear a hat <laughs> before that. I think I, mis- I miscopied something. Um, and then other people suggested emergence, ermiversary, and germ day. It's funny. I like emergence. You know what you probably meant writing that eric hatch yeah. day for the bugs maybe yeah maybe oh it's hatch, yeah. yeah cute yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit dependent on species so i would probably say i, I like emergence as well because yeah. that's true whether it's you know an egg a sprout a fruit yeah yep very cool and julia this one was coming in hot under the wire i saw it last night um but just missed my train uh, uh ironically says when we mentioned cammy having a teacup on her belt just wanted to ask is the teacup a teacup holster and just missed my train included a picture of a leather teacup and teapot holster. Which is very cool. Very cool. Or is the teacup just tied to their belt? While I love that, I do just picture it kind of just looped onto their belt. You gotta get easy. You gotta get easy. Easy access. access you know, know? holster is yeah. a difficult thing to pull out sometimes. And Cammy's not a incredible sharpshooter like Troy is. True. Cammy can only can sharpshoot, but only throwing tea out of a teapot. <laughs> only a tea saucer. <laughs> That's hey, that's pretty good. Cammy can do some cool pouring tricks, though. That is true. That's where her talent lies. Mm-hmm. I will say, as a final point, as we move on to the next section, is that I have seen equal amounts of people squeeing about each individual PC. Mm. Uh, each individual people was like, "I would die for Troy." Umbi is my dad now. <laughs> can I, Cammy? We're best friends. I've seen equal amounts of that, which I think is is pretty cool. Yes, we so, love good that. job, everybody. Good job, loving everyone. Good job, audience. Good job, players. And if you want to say who your favorite um, PC is, text one to five 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 four 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 for Cammy. Text two to five 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 four 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 for Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> and if you want to vote for who your favorite GM is, uh, text Eric's real life number, which is. <laughs> Redacted. Five 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 four four four. Oh, I want you to text me about Ruben Stunnard. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Just the number two over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it, it's been so cool to see fan art come in and people are beginning to talk about their cosplays. And God, I just, it, it's it's the absolute coolest. And more evidence why I'd be like, hey, people have fan art of this campaign and they're three episodes in. You gotta listen to Join the Party, baby. Yeah, boy. 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 All right, now let's have some uh, podcasting and IRL questions. I couldn't help myself. Whose name is a pun? So you've got a yellow card. You're on notice. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Dangle and joke it over their head. Yeah. Uh, so they asked, does Brandon have a cap on plant puns per episode? Mm. Hakuna was like, 
maybe should Brandon have a cap on the plant puns per episode? Mm, no. And then Paul was like, no, 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 does he have a minimum? Yes. So Brandon, <laughs> what's the what's the deal? Just like a cop giving out speeding tickets, Brandon yeah, has quota. to do he has to do a quota. Exactly. Yeah, I have a pun plant based pun quota per episode that Eric has uh, put upon me, and if I don't reach it, I owe him two thousand dollars. It's true. Yeah. Just like the police. Just like the police. <laughs> Similar note, but verbose Borbage wants to know, how many more Billy Joel references can we expect? The more, the better, as far as they're concerned. And then also asked, what other musicians are there plant-slash-bug versions of? Is there Weird Al Yanko Stink Beetle? Mm. I'll see myself out. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Red card. Red card. Red card. Red card over here. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I just thought it'd be funny to have a blueberry because it was Billy Joe, Joel. Eric, uh, there was nothing funnier in that moment that you could have said. Truly. Truly. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to kick it off from the beginning. I'm just like, yeah, he's, there's a piano man in the corner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just for funsies, you know? It's just for fun. I don't know if anyone noticed, but in uh, episode three, when we came back to uh, Rob, I mean, pillage, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. gracefully take away yeah. money from the Get tavern. Get we're owed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did find a piano. I think it wasn't Piano Man. It was some, the Nor'easter, whatever the fuck. Downeaster Alexa. The Downeaster yeah, Alexa. Yeah, that one. I found a MIDI file and then put it on the player piano. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Right around they're taking our jobs. Yeah. If if we had all seen each other a mere four months ago at Eric's and my wedding, you would have known that our first dance was in New York State of Mind. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Billy Joel household. Hakuna asked, Eric, where do you get your inspiration for naming things, people, and places? I just realized Eska sounds a little bit like escargot, and I swear if this temple is a snail thing, I'll scream. That was in episode That was in episode uh, one, I think. One, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hakuna was really yeah, on it. Uh, Hakuna did think that uh, names mean things. Yeah, um, names mean things. <laughs> so I usually like translating things into Esperanto because it sounds great. Sure. <laughs> As Yeah, Vertistello. It's it's of, of a piece. Mm-hmm. And Eric, this is something I know you have been uh, working on, but only the best boy wants to know, how easy do you find it to come up with the somehow perfect NPC voices every time? <laughs> oh, stop. I feel like you've been working on your, Have you? it feels like you've been like trying to expand your NPC voices, no? Yeah, there was a thing when I was doing the voice for Boo, I was realizing that like voices in NPCs, I, I got in this in my head about this because I think that like the first wave of actual play stuff is like, yeah, do three voices. It's fine. Griffin McElroy admitted that like, yeah, I only know how to do three voices and it's mm-hmm. fine. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just do whatever. Like they should be person voices. But like realizing it, I actually, when I got, I watched all of Barry and then I was watching a ton of Bill Hader impressions and i was like oh he's just doing he's very good at like this is gonna sound so stupid but like do you know how like on snl there's always like an impressions guy or an impressions person or like even even in your friend group like people is like oh they're good at impressions they're good at doing a voice that is exactly what the other person what a celebrity is and then they're gonna do it back give it back to it but i realized it's just a voice which makes the joke you want to sound sound funnier and it's like when I was watching these Bill Hader clips, it was like it sounds so silly, but it's like, oh, have I been gatekeeping impressions from myself? <laughs> like they don't have to be perfect; they can just be what it is. So when I realized that, like, uh, when I was doing the voice for Boo, and I was like, oh, Boo can just sound like a South Park character, and that's <laughs> funny. 
as a joke. Like, I should just do that. Yeah. And I've realized I can just do those things. So to answer the the very nice, not actually a question, it's a compliment, but treating it like an actual question, I do it in reverse, right? Like, I just try to give them a funny voice that would be fun to do, that would that you three will enjoy, that makes sense for their personality. Yeah. I always go voice last. And sometimes I surprise myself and do um, voices on the fly, and I, I don't come up with one, so... I've really been trying to push myself to just kind of come up with other stuff. I've been trying to come up with that to, you know, make everything uh, flow a little bit better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important for being identifiable on microphone, too. We don't have, like, nice lower thirds describing who the, you know, GM is playing uh, in podcast form. So I think it's really only been a handful of times over the course of the podcast, and it's usually me, with, like, mistaking a voice Eric's doing for a different NPC. So um, it's it's wonderful, not just for jokes, but for, you know, being um, being clear and good here on the podcast. That's also just because Eric is a good writer and he knows when to add the descriptive ver- words when he needs to, you know. Oh, it's, thank you. He's all of the things. He's good at all of them. Oh, no, he's too good. Take him off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell everyone I'm the best GM in podcasting on a very good show when you recommend the show using the videos. No, I think it's also because like I feel a little bit more free to do silly voices now that we're not doing real people like we were in campaign two and the camp. Mm-hmm. Eric and I were on a road trip recently and uh, we were playing a playlist he made for me for my birthday which is very cute and sweet and I love live versions of songs just because I, I find it like the energy is fun and like I, I enjoy hearing most of all the musicians stage banter as mm-hmm. they you know talk back to the crowd in a way that's captured on the live recording uh, and we heard a line that made Eric laugh and laugh and laugh that he's been repeating to himself over and over this week because you're laughing about it it's incredibly funny and my first thought was that's an NPC voice right there. I wonder who that NPC is going to be. I can't wait to meet them. <laughs> I'm just going to tell it to you because it's not going to show up for a few episodes, even if I end up doing it. So the Avid Brothers, their fourth live album was at Red Rocks, and they were recording. It was on December 31st. So they sang, uh, when it became New Year's, they sang Auld Lang Syne, which was really cool. And then the next, the first song that they Let did after that. of their Auld Lang Syne. It was it was really well. It was straight, the it crowd was, was singing. It was very straightforward. It was straight- <laughs> <laughs> to that point, Brandon. They were this was at the end of a full Avid Brothers concert where they are running around the stage playing ban- seven banjos at once, screaming at the top of their lungs tonally, which is incredible. Um, and then the last song that they did was "The Boys Are Back in Town" by Thin Lizzy, and oh, wow. truly, it was the most tired "Boys Are Back in Town" I've ever heard. <laughs> But like 3 a.m. at the karaoke bar, there's four people left. Like, that's the vibe. Yeah, because they were just so tired from doing the whole thing. And they had to do it because this was like their New Year's thing. And, of course, you know, the the narrator of the boys are back in town are like are so worried about the boys coming back. Guess who's back? And they're going to do all the boys things. Not the not the person who sings the boys in back in town, but in the verses, the narrator. It's like so the character voice I've been working on is like if the boys are going to fight you better let them. <laughs> they're like on the brink of tears cuz they don't know how to deal. They don't know how to deal with it. But like they were so hot, they were Steven. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Travolta. And I love yeah. it. I know. I know. It's so good. 
but it's like even more it's like it's, he's like they're like upset like i don't know what to do with the boy the boys are overpowering our yeah. town was so uh, was so bucolic before but now the boys, the boys are back what's what's making me laugh is not just that it's a funny voice but it is such so evocative of the track so we'll we'll include that in the description as well so people can enjoy that all right incredible all right uh before we get into our spoily corner and uh i reveal the name of this spoily corner driving all the old men crazy Um, we have, Brandon, a Dinosaur Valley update. Uh, so this is from Christian the Just Okay, who wanted to say, it's mind-blowing to me that Brandon also went to Dinosaur Valley as a kid. Thought you might want to know that Dinosaur Valley recently found more dino footprints. That's yeah. the good news because of a major drought. That's the sad news. Yeah, I did. I did know that. I saw that. Um, thank you for the update. But yeah, it's cool shit. Very cool. It's the only good thing about Texas, the dino fossils. And the breakfast tacos. I was going to say, and tacos. Eric, is there another uh, relevant line here as we segue into Spoily Corner? They were down at Dino's Bar Grill. (laughs) Can't stop them. She was so red hot. She was steaming. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So we are here, of course, in Spoil the Plank. Where we go over all of the spoily questions that we cannot answer because they may or may not come up in a future ep. Now, is that a pun on something or is that just a play on Walk the Plank? Am I missing the pun or is that just a play on the fun? fun Play on Walk the Plank. It's like the end of the episode. Uh, But we also wanted to give a shout out to Claire the Bean Counter, who suggested Soily Corner, which was Mm. very close, Claire. Very close. That was not a critique. I love it. I was just making sure I didn't miss the, the pun. Yes. Mage Silverleaf wants to know, were all the cultists eaten by their god? Or are we to assume that Audrey got to them and they've become part of her undead fleet? Who can say, Eric, very quick question. Did you pick Audrey for Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors or just because you liked the name? No, just because I like the name. The name you came up with was so good. I had to come up with a with a, a different Becca, one. Queen of the Damned. <laughs> Becca Queen of the Damned is such a good name. I could, I was scrambling to come up with a different one that wasn't just Becca. And I'm like, Rachel, no, I can't just Thank do that. Thank you, so you I, did I, great. Yeah. What's the name of the uh, musical, the desert one? Priscilla. Uh, with- oh, Priscilla. Priscilla. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. But Becca was a perfect Becca. name for a possessed 12-year-old, and I, I didn't know what else Thank to do. You. I love it. Sneaky Sloths asks, if Aubergine has a French accent, does that mean France is in Vertistella? Oh, who can say? Who can say? Who can say? Mel118, Eric, why the hell were you rolling those dice at the end? Who can say? Who can say? Michelle Spurgeon, if your characters actually find the salmon, are they going to wish for the waterfall to return or something else? Hmm. Interesting question, question, baby. You know, that's funny. I don't know if anyone would... It's it's an option because the point of the infinite lake also is that there's another infinite freshwater source. So... You might not need the cascade. Who asked this question again, Amanda? Michelle Spurgeon, the question surgeon. Well, Michelle... Dr. Spurgeon, please. Dr. Spurgeon. Sorry. She didn't go to four years of question college, college for you to call her Michelle. <laughs> well, Dr. Dr. Spurgeon, if you got one wish from a genie, would you wish for climate change to be fixed or would you wish for infinite wishes? Answer your question and then find Look out within. what the answer is. You know? Well, Look once within. I got infinite wishes, then yes, I would wish for climate change to not be a problem anymore. It is an interesting question, though, because the infinite lake 
has is another infinite fresh water source. So would you just try to figure out a way to use the infinite lake to fix everything? Or would you just use the wish to put it back the way that it was? But Eric, and then also there's this infinite lake. The infinite lake's not infinite. That's impossible. It's clearly not actually infinite. It just looks infinite. That's why it's named that. Yeah, we don't exist in a magical world or anything, Brandon. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's one of those glass bottom boats, actually. <laughs> He's like, look, it's so shallow because you can see the bottom. <laughs> and finally, Mage Silverleaf wants to know who is in and who is out in the crags at the moment? Who's making power grabs mm. and what are their latest scandals? I can't wait to hopefully meet some disgraced family members up on the high seas and learn that political tea. Yeah. Roger. Roger's in Roger's charge right in. now. Yeah, Roger. Roger's in charge of the crags right now. Damn. Um, Listen, it's totally open. Much like European history, you can kind of just say whatever you want, and it definitely happens at some point. Much like European history, if you just say a James, a Philip, it's probably uh, true. You probably get the right answer. Yeah, and like anything, James and Philip did anything you can think of because they were king (laughs) and they could do whatever. Um, It was actually I've been considering this quite a lot because uh, I was when I was doing the vexiology of all the flags. So I wrote there's actually some of that in. um, Yeah, the Verda Stello landing page on the Join the Party website, which is in the link of every Verda Stello episode. Yeah. So I I can actually actually I want to bring it up because it's very funny. Mm hmm. So it's like you can tell me what's going. What are the what's the wildest thing that happened in in Craig's history? Well, maybe I will, Eric. That's why it's in uh, Spoil the Plank. Well, you're allowed, Amanda. You're allowed, certainly. But everyone else can tell me too. Maybe I did next episode. Ooh, maybe, mayhaps. Yeah. My favorite part about Craig's history is when they it's called the Great Schism and the Great. What do you call it when you fix a hole in a rock? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing where you put like gold in Japanese uh, oh, ceramics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suki, I think, or something. Yeah, something close yeah, to that. yeah. Um, yeah. When they fix the fissure between the the big ruling parties, and then mm-hmm. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about yeah. rocks, the welding. you know, the welding, the cementing. The cementing. Oh, yeah, there it is. oh it's the cementing. No, it's that's good. in there. Uh, I also made up like a version of the Magna Carta in Craig's history, True. which was funny. It was the, the Magna brev- Carta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, Queen Opaline the Fifth was slain by her three sisters ten days after it was signed. Oh. <laughs> and you can just say shit. You can just make shit up. It's fine. Like that just happened. It yeah. just happened. Yeah. Incredible. So uh, who can say? But will everyone can say. It's for fun. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of another jam-packed after party. Please, Amanda, jammy-packed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Please, fuck. Amanda, Dr. Jammy-packed. Mm. Like, cut that, cut that, fuck. <laughs> Excuse me. I, you're going to pack me in the episode. You need to let me know. <laughs> but, Jamie, won't you get squished? You're so old. I'm so squished anyway. I was going to say, I'm already, already squished. Because I'm already squished. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we will see you next week with another brand new episode of Campaign 3. Uh, please uh, share it to your friends. Send them that shanty. Send them the landing page to Verticello. Convince them to take this plunge with us. Because it's going to be really good. It's only getting better from here. Hell yeah. Ahoy! I'm, I'm a tomato. Avast! <laughs> and may your rolls trend ever upward. May your tides trend. May your tides Always roll rise. In. May your dice roll like the tides. You want them to be like predictably up and down though. Oh, roll true, tide dice. Bama. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bye. Bye. I'll sing you a song that all green folk know until, until the waterfalls home that only began 50 years ago. Until, until the waterfalls home we seek the deep lake and a wish granting salmon. Until, until the waterfalls home. So hoist up the sails and load up. Hey, Paul, or I'm going to mute for one second, but keep going. Okay. I get us, we get us wait for Was you. Is Brandon getting coffee? What's happening here? Oh, the he's coffee ghost coffee. bring him coffee? Oh. The coffee ghost won't cross the threshold? Is it the coffee no. vampire? Yeah. Brandon, you have to invite in the coffee vampire. Well, you know, the thing is, like, about ghosts is they don't know where doors are. Yeah. You change on, I know. No, we know. <laughs> Believe me, the next thing I was going to say was, hey, does everyone know how much Brandon smells? <laughs> no, because I only saw him once since lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him zero times, so that's yeah, pretty yeah. crazy.